In this week's In-Ear Insights, we're talking about affiliate marketing, uh, how marketers should be thinking about it, what it is, uh, and some of the pros and cons. So to get started, if you're not familiar, affiliate marketing is essentially hiring other people to do your marketing for you. However, instead of paying them a steady paycheck, you basically pay them commissions of some kind. So if they send you certain traffic, you might pay them per click. If they send you qualified leads, you might pay them per lead. And there's a lot of different sophisticated software packages and companies that can do this uh, sort of thing. You can also install software of your own on your own website to handle it. And the advantage of affiliate marketing is really that it gets you a, a large scale, well, it can get you a large scale, uh, essentially unpaid workforce that only gets paid when you do, or only gets paid when they do something that generates useful activity. So Katie, given that backdrop, when you think about promoting something with affiliate marketing from a strategy perspective what's what's your take on affiliate marketing and how useful it is or is not well if we take a step back for a second so as many of you may know or if you don't know you'll find out now i'm actually newer to the marketing field in general so i was only introduced to affiliate marketing when i started working with chris um at the agency that we used to work at it was a term i had never heard before coming from you know, a more academic company, it just wasn't something that we necessarily did to promote our products. And looking back, I think it was things that we wanted to do, we just didn't have the terminology for what it was. And so I remember one of our clients at the agency was always talking about, do you think we're ready for affiliate marketing? Should we introduce affiliate marketing? And the team kept advising, no, you need to get your own marketing your internal marketing straightened out first before you start introducing other players into this space for to promote you um so i guess when i look back and think about all those different conversations and i was really trying to wrap my head around what it was my first thought is affiliate marketing can be a really useful tool if you feel like your own assets your content your website whatever the thing is that you're asking somebody else to promote is in really good shape. And so I'd say that's where you wanna start. And I remember the reason we were telling this other client was because they were continually going through website versions and the user experience wasn't super clear. And so we didn't want them to introduce affiliates because those people would then say, oh, I'm not gonna risk my reputation for a not so great product so I'm not going to do this. So we kept holding them back for that. So that's sort of a little bit of backstory of where my head goes when we talk about affiliate marketing. So I think it's actually a really great part of your strategy because what it can do is introduce a passive income stream where you yourself, you've already created the thing, you've already done the work and someone else is doing the selling for you. And that's actually a re that's one of the ways that we are looking to build our business is through a lot of the, that affiliate marketing. Um, and you're right, it's basically just a commission. So I think that affiliate marketing can be a really good strategy for your business if the thing that you are asking somebody else to sell for you is in like really good shape. Like if you look at it and you would give it an, like an A all around for user experience, for quality, for you know whatever the thing is, 
then I think that affiliate marketing is a great option. Fundamentally, affiliate marketing is all about getting to audiences that you can't reach otherwise, right? So you can't get them through your email list or through the pay-per-click ads that you're currently running. And you want somebody else who's got an audience to direct and divert some of their audience's attention to you in exchange for getting paid on the performance. And in some ways, when you think about it, affiliate marketing really is sort of a, a precursor to influencer marketing. Uh, and I would argue that when it's done well, it is actually more effective than influencer marketing because instead of uh, just paying for eyeballs and, and attention, you're actually paying that influential third-party media property to send you a business result that's closer to the bottom of the funnel than than the top, right? So if you're paying per lead, you will pay more. You'll pay like $50 a lead, for example, to an affiliate marketer. But if they're qualified leads, that may be substantially easier and more financially effective than paying you know, a Kardashian to just, you know, put a post on Instagram about you. Not that I assume for a lot of you know, marketers, a Kardashian would probably not be the correct marketing channel. But the point being the affiliate marketer gets paid only when they generate a result that you as the, the corporate marketer have agreed. Yeah, we want more of X. I can see where as a small business um, like ours, Affiliate marketing is a really great option because to your point, Chris, you start to reach audiences that you wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Um, I would imagine that there's no shortage of affiliate marketing programs out there. So how so if you're someone like me and you sort of you understand the fundamentals of it, but it's not something that you've done a whole lot. So you don't have a lot of experience. How do you start to vet these affiliate marketing programs to know what's good and what's not so good? It's a really good question because there are also a lot of junk affiliates that will send you garbage traffic and, and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> so if you're just getting started, the best thing to do is work with an affiliate network, at least in the beginning, uh, because they tend to have more reputable affiliates, not, you know, not stellar, um, but also they have processes in place. They have things like account managers and stuff. People you can essentially ask for help uh, in setting up a program as well as making sure it stays on the rails. So some popular networks, for example, would be things like Rakuten, uh, Commission Junction, Share a Sale. Uh, there's, you know, there's so many of these different uh, programs out there. The other thing is um, in some of these programs, they will actually have you know, ratings. So you as a vendor can rate affiliates and vendors can rate you and you know, obviously look for the people who get slightly more stars than others. So there's there are internal mechanisms for that. And then as affiliates are kind of like venture capital, right? In the sense that you're going to lightly invest in, you know, a, working with a hundred different affiliates and two of them are going to knock it out of the park. And the other 98 are just you know not, not going to generate any activity. If you can find who those two are, you can then, um, some networks will permit you to directly approach them and say like, hey, I want to work a, a more exclusive deal. So like if I was promoting uh, the Trust Insights newsletter, Katie, and you were an outsider uh, affiliate, I might say, hey, this this Katie person's really generating a lot of signups, you know, and we're paying uh, a buck a signup or whatever. I'd be like, Katie, do you want to go exclusive with us, not promote anybody else's newsletters except ours, and we'll pay you two bucks a signup instead? Interesting. So is a fill so hmm. 
Let me give you a scenario. So obviously you have things like Etsy and Amazon Marketplace where people can go to, you know, it's more of a B2C versus a B2B. Um, but if I were to get my company or my shop on like an Amazon Marketplace or an Etsy, is that considered affiliate marketing? Because people can buy directly from me, but then they can also buy from me through this other platform. So in, in that case, Amazon would be itself an a, essentially an affiliate reseller of your stuff, right? You're putting your stuff up there, although I would call them more of a marketplace. But then anybody who's in the Amazon Associates program, someone like me, for example, if I got the Amazon Associates link for your storefront and I mm -hmm. put it in my newsletter, I would be a, an affiliate by proxy of you. I would be, I'd be paid by Amazon, right? For mm -hmm. I'd be paid commissions through what Amazon generates, but it would be your stuff. So that's one of the reasons why Amazon has, you know, sometimes substantial fees for thing for Amazon Marketplace because they in turn have to pay their cut to the affiliates who are sharing mm -hmm. out your stuff. But yeah, that's absolutely one way to do it on the B two C front, and on the B two B front again, a network like ShareASale is going to charge. Um, a service fee or a monthly mm -hmm. fee or something like that. And then uh, you pay the affiliates directly. So if I, if, if Katie, you're the CEO of trust insights and I've got a popular email newsletter, I would sign up with share sale as an affiliate. I go in, I look and see, Hey, look, this trust insights company looks really cool. Um, I would submit to be approved by the program. And if you approve me, I would get some links. I could put those links in my newsletter. And then every time I, I generated a result, you know, come the next month's billing cycle, Trust Insights would get a bill for, you know, however much it owes its affiliates. Mm -hmm. And then uh, ShareSale would essentially cut me a check saying, hey, you generated 50,000 signups. Um, and so you get $5. Like, yes, I can, I can pay for beer. <laughs> you haven't had beer in a while, have you? I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so it's interesting. So I'm sort of seeing the two different sides of it in terms of being able to generate revenue. So one is you are taking all of these links from other people and saying, hey, these are the products that I put that I would support. If you buy them, I get a little bit of commission and then you obviously get the thing from the company. And then the other side of that is, you know, I'm the company trying to sell my thing let me put it on a site like share a sale. And then hopefully someone like Chris picks up the link and says, Hey, let me share this thing to my network. So it's, it's an interesting model. And I can see how both sides of it, you know, would be beneficial to a company, especially if you're just starting and you're trying to be picky about things like ad space, you know? And so I know that a lot of websites in order to make that additional revenue, they'll sell ad space on their sites, but that's tricky because you have a little bit less control over what's shown on your website. And so it may be a mismatch, but with this affiliate marketing program, I can see that you would have more control because you would be picky about the things that you're willing to share, whether it be on your website or through your newsletter. Yeah, exactly. And it's bilateral. So, you know, Katie, when you logged in as a, as a brand, you're like, oh, this Chris Penn person I'm like, eh, do I really want him repping our company? Eh, probably not. Just, <laughs> just in decline not. <laughs> <laughs> and you dispose that. But to your point, we do that as well on the other side. So we are affiliates. If you look in, for example, in every week, the trust insights newsletter, um, you will see, we have affiliate links to companies like HubSpot and Agora pulse and talk Walker, because we 
believe in those companies. We believe in the products they, they offer. And they have affiliate programs that we have signed up for. So if you click on one of those links, and then you go in and purchase from those companies, Trust Insights receives a small commission as well so that we can pay for our beer at the office. Uh, but that's how, if you are a small business, and you've got an audience, that's one of the easiest ways to start to monetize the audiences. Look at the vendors you already work with and see, you know, go on their websites, scroll all the way to the bottom. And, you know, sometimes you'll see like affiliates or partners or something. And if mm -hmm. th that exists, then you can sign up for their program. Presumably, you're on good enough terms with the vendor to, to get approved for it. And then you can start reselling their stuff until you reach a certain uh, big enough point where the, the vendor may reach out to you and say, hey, you're doing a great job generating traffic for us. Do you want to move up from being just a reseller to being a full-size partner or integrator or, or something mm -hmm. like that where um, the commissions get bigger, and, but you have to do more work? Right. That makes sense. And so I can definitely see, again, sort of the benefit to doing something like that, especially if you're just starting your business and you're looking for a little bit of extra revenue from it. Um, so... If I'm a, a larger company or if even just Trust Insights, how do I, do I need to go through a program like a share sale to start an affiliate program on my website? Or can I just say, I can just sort of keep the control and be like, hey, you, Chris Penn, uh, I'm going to give you a dollar for every uh, qualified lead you bring to me. Can I just do that? Is that considered affiliate marketing? It absolutely is. And there are software packages that you can install straight into your website, especially if you have a CMS like WordPress, for example, that allow you to manage that and do the tracking and the analytics. You absolutely mm -hmm. can do that. The reason you might want to consider a network is twofold. One, there is a little bit more, obviously, vetting. Um, so the quality of affiliates you'll work with, um, you'll have more reach that way, uh, as opposed to having to market your affiliate program, because it basically is another product at that point. And mm -hmm. the second thing uh, is that when you're doing that affiliate program, uh, you really, you need to get some reach, right? And if you're a small business, and you don't have a lot of traffic to begin with, mm -hmm. you may not have reach into a large body of affiliates. Whereas if you use a network, obviously, there's tens of 1000s of existing marketers, you know, from all their businesses. Uh, and some fraction of those may say, hey, the terms of your program look pretty good. I'll sign up for it and, and, and start sending you whatever kinds of traffic they have. So at least in the beginning to build critical mass, you might want to go with a network. If you want total control, though, absolutely, you can run it on your own site. You just, it's a lot of work. What's interesting is, you know, I don't hear a lot of conversation around affiliate marketing in terms of general market marketing strategy. Um, and so I guess my question is, why is that? Is there a perception that affiliate marketing is a last resort or there's something not great about it? Like, what is the general overall perception of doing affiliate marketing? It's interesting. Uh, a few things. One, it does have a reputation, sometimes deservedly, for people to send you garbage, right? So they'll send you a lot of traffic, but it's, it's, it's worthless traffic, um, it, two, it's its own profession. Um, it really is a, a, a subgenre of marketing that requires a decent amount of study, some effort um, to manage it on the brand side and to be a, a, an effective affiliate on the affiliate side. There are plenty of folks out there who are amazingly strong affiliates, people who generate you know six or seven figures a month as, uh, as super affiliates who can just 
you know, direct masses of traffic. Um, in this age of influencer marketing, effectively, that's what affiliate marketing is. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, influencer marketing is just a, a shinier name for it. Uh, and the pay tends to be better in favor of the influencers than than in affiliate marketing. Um, but the other thing that's kind of given affiliate marketing a bad name is cases where you have multiple levels, uh, where then you have start talking about like multi-level marketing, network marketing, and stuff like that. Sort of the the I guess the Amway slash you know Mary Kay kind of thing, where again you have in, in situations like that you have people who are more focused on building their affiliate network than they are actually repping your company's products and services and mm -hmm. so dealing with those folks can be can be tricky but more than anything it really is just that's it's a profession unto itself and if you don't know what you're doing you like with all forms of advertising you can lose a lot of money very quickly gotcha it was just you know it's one of those things where i hear the term occasionally but it's never something that i've ever sat down and really had a conversation with someone someone about to say why isn't it, why don't I see it included more often in those strategic plans? And I was wondering if it was, you know, more of, I don't know, the terms, I guess, just the, the less desirable version of marketing, I guess, is the best term I can come up with. Um, you know, I sort of see it similar to the way people are starting to look at, you know, certain social network uh, ads. So if you have your ad on, you know, one of the big four, then, you know, is that the best you could do? That's kind of the way that I've always thought about affiliate marketing. So I've never really explored it, but I feel like I honestly just don't know enough about it to really give it a fair judgment. Yeah, it is its own profession. And I think one of the places that it has a lot of potential that people don't think about enough is in the realm of influencer marketing. So it's funny. For a lot of people who are up and coming, you know, influencer wannabes, um, some of them will even post like, you know, essentially unpaid stuff on behalf of a brand to try and attract that brand's attention uh, mm -hmm. and to look like they're a bigger deal than they actually are. And conversely, there are a lot of, you know, brands that would, would be like, we'd like to do something with affiliate marketing, but we don't want to hand $100,000 to some person on Instagram and hope it all works out. Right. And I think the technology and the infrastructure of affiliate marketing really lends itself to fill those gaps. Like, for example, with the Trust Insights newsletter, the day we started it, we had affiliates in there because you know, we were we had signed up for the programs uh, as soon as we had founded the company. So mm -hmm. our first newsletters went out with known reputable vendors that were effectively sponsors, and they show up as sponsors in the newsletter. Now, are we getting paid an, uh, a media budget? sponsorship no but if you buy something from those companies through our newsletter do we get paid yes um and so that immediately lends a an air of credibility to the to a startup newsletter that it might not otherwise have when you read it and go huh there's a you know this company agora pulse social media marketing software oh that's interesting so trust insights is already a partner with <clears throat> with agora pulse that's kind of cool they must they must know what they're doing right and then on the company side the risk of an in, of a new influence. Like, okay, we're going to, Katie's got this great Instagram channel that features mostly her dog. Um, instead of saying, I'm going to try handing you five grand and see what happens, I'll say, no, Katie, go sign up for our affiliate program. And because we like you so much, we'll give you, you know, a, a more preferential referral fee. We'll give you 3% instead of 2%. And then mm -hmm. I can see, can Katie actually create newsletter signups or form fills or downloads or something and if if you knock it out of the park they're like okay 
let's take her out of the affiliate program. Like Katie, now we're going to work a direct partnership because you can clearly put, you know, thousands of dog fans in, into our CRM. Or the flip side is you, you have a million followers on Instagram and you generate like two signups a month. Like she may not be the real deal. If, if she's got a million fans and can't get more than two people to sign up for our newsletter, we'll let her continue to say that she's uh, she's a partner but we'll keep paying her at the base affiliate rate and say yeah let's 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 not deepen this partnership any further because she can't generate results so you can use it as a way to vet your influencers for example exactly right and i think that's a really again that's one of those things that's overlooked about affiliate marketing is mm -hmm. if you can vet your influencers the person a may have a million followers but generates two sales a month person b may have 10,000 followers, but generates 100 sales a month. I'm going to go with person B, right? Because mm -hmm. they can generate more of the kind of result that I want. Got it, which makes sense. So what, what would be the next step for someone like a Trust Insights who was interested in dipping their toes into affiliate marketing? And so, you know, pretending that, you know, we didn't already have those partnerships, you know, what would we do next? Our first step would probably be to evaluate the different networks like Commission Junction, Rakuten, ShareSale, iDev Affiliate, et cetera, mm -hmm. and investigate to see what are the kinds of companies are on those networks, right? So uh, we might actually even sign up as an affiliate on all those networks first and see what the competition looks like. Are, are we up against most like t-shirt print shops and you know, you know use CD collectible sales companies? Like, eh, this network may not have the right crowd. But if we mm -hmm. sign into a network, it's like, okay, MailChimp is here, Salesforce is here, uh, you know, all these uh, MarTech companies. Okay, okay, this is probably more our crowd. So we'd sign up, we'd sign up as an affiliate, look around, see who's in there, and then sign up as a brand once we found a network that seems to have not necessarily competing vendors, but certainly companies that are in our niche. Um, we sign up as a, as a brand and then get our links, you know, obviously take care of all the legal paperwork and then mm -hmm. start rolling out a program and say, okay, well, what, what are we trying to achieve? What's our goal? Do we want newsletter signups? Do we want website traffic? Do we want lead form fills? Um, and then work with that, that platform's technology to implement their program, putting up the tracking pixels after lead forms and all that stuff. Um, and then start rolling it out and see if, if affiliates sign up for it, I, at the same time, I would advertise, say, in our newsletter and say, hey, if you are if you run a, a marketing platform of some kind, when you've got an audience, maybe you've got 20,000 followers on Twitter or whatever, and you would like to promote Trust Insights and get paid for it, go to ShareSale, for example, sign up as an affiliate and then find us in the ShareSale marketplace. And you can uh, you'll get your links and you can start sharing Trust Insights and it's all seamless and taken care of. You don't have to negotiate with us anything. You just accept the terms of the program, share the Trust Insights stuff in your newsletter and on your Twitter account, and watch the, the checks roll in. Very small checks. <laughs> well, you know, again, depending on where you are in the business, those very small checks might be critical. You know, and so we don't, you know, I know we have affiliate links in our newsletter, but aside from that, we don't, push them really hard. And so the minimal amount of revenue that we have coming in is fine because we're basically getting back based on the effort we're putting into it, which is we're copying the links over and over and over again every week and not really promoting them. So anything we get is kind of nice. 
Um, but if we were pushing it hard, then that would be a different story. And so for some businesses, that is definitely an option as an additional revenue stream to maybe get you over through a transition period or whatever it is that you need to do at that time. Exactly right. And if you're on the affiliate side, I will tell you this, the secret term to look for is recurring, right? So there are some programs um, in the early days, Netflix was one of them, uh, where if you got somebody to sign up for the, the thing, you got to check as long as the people you referred stayed members. So somebody every month that somebody stayed a Netflix member, you got a small amount of money um, for that person remaining a member. So it was an incentive to not send junk traffic. It was an incentive to send quality traffic because um, you could get a decent amount of money that way. In fact, there are some programs I was on early in on that I still get a check. You know, it's like, ten dollars now because again i've not put an effort into it in about 10 years um but 10 years later still getting checks for a program i stopped marketing a long time ago uh is was really fantastic so if you are thinking about affiliate marketing as a person wanting to be you know an influence or whatever the recurring revenue programs are definitely the ones to look for because they they pay out less up front but in the long term they can turn into some serious sustainable income that sounds like a really nice uh, side hustle. It is. It is. Unfortunately, uh, my side hustle is now my main hustle. So, <laughs> Well, I can't help you there. <laughs> um, if you've got comments or questions or about affiliate marketing and want to chat about it, pop on into our free Slack group. Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 2,000 other marketers are asking and answering each other's questions all day long. And wherever it is that you're watching or listening to this show, if there's a platform you prefer it on, we probably have it. Go over to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast, where you can find the show on many different places to watch and listen. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.